Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. And welcome to the Friday Special, a podcast by Guitar Nerds. Now, for 2020, the Friday Special series will be running every week, and each week I'll have a new guest from the world of guitars, amplification, effects pedals. We're going to have brands, producers, musicians, etc. I'm your host, Joe Branton, joined this week by Matt Oram from Fidelity Guitars. Matt, hello and welcome to the show. Hello, mate. How are you doing? Yes, I'm good. I'm good. I'm sorry. That was a very formal beginning. I'm trying to sort of, uh, trying to get better at reading scripts and not sounding like I'm reading scripts, but I'm always constantly very, <laughs> very, very aware. very professional, very enthusiastic. Thank you. Two Thank things you, that man. I struggle with, so I'm going to try and bring myself <laughs> up to your level. Yeah, well, yes, there you go. It's the years of experience. but um, It shows. <laughs> Thanks, yeah. But um, yeah, thank you for coming on to the show. Obviously, we've you know we've known each other for a few years, and um, Guitar Nerds as a whole has been a big fan of Fidelity Guitars since we since we discovered your brand. So um, yeah, yeah, which so, I, I should so, say thank you for. I think you've been one of the first sort of people that that realised we existed, and it's um it's meant a lot in terms of keeping it going and getting us to where we are now. So yeah, I, I put it on record. Oh, thanks, Cheers. mate. Thanks. But it's been wonderful to see the evolution of the company, to see kind of where it's um, where it's gone from these these kind of cool, really weird boutique guitars to now what is. And you know, listener, if you're if you're not aware of Fidelity guitars, you certainly should be. I'm going to give you a brief overview anyway at the start. But but for what is a very very well established boutique brand and a very unusually established boutique brand to still be kind of a one-man outfit like not many um not many custom shops can boast two signature models with major brands in their major bands in their in their lineup that's that's really quite something to be proud of oh cheers yeah it was i mean on that that was a funny one so i think it's about 18 months ago now so it was only after about a year of doing it full-time getting um getting josh and and uh and jay wilgoose on board it was it was totally um uh, I kind of engineered it, but in in the sense that I thought well, I'd, I'd really like to get these guitars into the hands of bands that I I really like. So and I'd really like it to be British bands. So so sort of get British guitars into the hands of British bands, and and sort of made a little list of five or six bands that that I really liked, and sort of had a enough of a profile that it was kind of it would help me as well. And just sent people emails, um, and so amazing like pub, 
he's, he's probably not going to appreciate what he's saying. But public service broadcasting, you can get his email address off his website. So that's, <laughs> that's, that's, that one was easy. Um, and then Josh from the Horrors again through their management and um, and just got an email back and kind of worked out and said, "Do you want to oh, yeah. do something?" And both of them are lovely guys and said, "Yeah." And um, and it was all really really easy. And um, and that that's been amazing. So sort of seeing those guitars go to. The Royal Albert Hall last year, and that was and right so with public service broadcasting playing in the Royal Albert Hall, and it wasn't just a the guitar; there was a bass there as well for that. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so that that was um, that was one of the first short scale that was, bases yeah. that we did as well. So, yeah, with um, with flats on that as well. So it's got a really good sound. Oh, yeah, amazing. But yeah, that was um, that was pretty mad to have both those guitars at the Royal Albert Hall, and then and then with Josh sort of taking that guitar around the world for a year or so was, well, exactly um, and josh from the horrors you know using that guitar it ended up in the hands of um of uh, mr foo Fighters oh, yeah. himself <laughs> yeah it was um it was a very strange day so <laughs> josh was kind of moonlighting um in london at the the moth club which is a, a a tiny little venue so he was playing um playing guitar with kieran leonard he's, he's amazing so i'm um, playing under the sort of moniker saint leonard's as the the opening act and the surprise guest was um Dave Grohl and um and Rick Astley <laughs> on drums. And so it's kind of, I've I'd fallen asleep on the sofa and I, I woke up about one in the morning and the phone was bouncing around. It's like this this is nonsense. I can't process this. I just went to bed and then woke up the next morning and there's a billion messages and then enemy article, which is like the, the that's the best for me because I was just a an, an enemy kid growing up like that was my bible so to yeah. to have an article with my guitar and, and the enemy was was an amazing thing and then and guitar magazine and stuff as well and yeah so and just to get some videos and pictures of Dave Grohl playing one of those guitars it looks absolutely tiny on him and, uh, <laughs> he's <laughs> so, such a broad fella yeah, but and that was that was the the horror signature problem of course as an enemy kid you know you must be incredibly chuffed with uh, with getting something into the hand of, the hands of the horrors, you know. Anyway, I know you said that you obviously engineered and picked those bands, but the horrors really are an absolute poster boy band for that yeah, sort of I, enemy I, origins. It's mad. I, I grew up with them, so from the the first album, I think the the gig last year at the the Royal Albert Hall, the latest was ten years of Primary Colours. Their their second album, kind of the the breakthrough album, which is still like one of my favourites. And Stu Tate and I went along and um, behaved like children <laughs> it was brilliant um and uh and yeah but to, to sort of be able to just hang out with josh occasionally and, and chat to him and, and to get him out there sort of playing guitar and i think it's gonna crop up on the the next record whenever that may be is is a really cool thing yeah that's 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 incredible and of course getting jay Wilgoose as well from public service broadcasting my girlfriend emma's favorite band uh, oh really? No, uh, yeah, well, so, yeah so. one of mine as well, and yeah, he's um he's a, a really sort of lovely guy as well, and, and a an amazing guitar player. He's um I, I not can't remember the guy's name from Battles. I'm sure you you know Battles. But, yes, um, I know Battles very well. I couldn't name them. Um, yeah, so I've, I've seen him live a couple of times. Like one of my favourite bands, and um and the main guy can play. He'll play a synth angled up at ninety degrees on either side of him. And the guitar at the same time, 
Um, so he'll be playing one of the synths and then tapping on the guitar, and then he'll kind of switch <laughs> switch hands and stuff. Um, and, and I've seen Jay Wilgus do that live as well. And you can't do that if you're not <laughs> like pretty pretty sure hot. So that's he's uh, very underrated and and underrated in his own mind as well. But a really really good player and, and a great band. So again, yeah, really so so happy just to to see his guitars out and about with with bands that I like. I saw them in. Belfast, it was last summer or the summer before, but it's when the White Star Liner EP came out, yeah. and and that guitar is is on that that record. So to oh, see fantastic. them, so one Titanic slipway where the Titanic was built, playing a song about the Titanic after we'd just been around the Titanic Museum with that guitar was <laughs> was really cool. That was that was a good day. Oh, that's 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 incredible. That's wonderful. Now we we haven't actually really spoken about the brand of, of kind of uh, assumed knowledge of our listener, which we shouldn't do. So uh, um, we, we should talk a bit about about the brand and what the guitars are because these are these are uniquely shaped retro inspired guitars and and kind of and retro they are retro come modern but that is almost that is a very very um uh, retro come modern is kind of the 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 thing at the moment well it certainly is for for guitar nerds you know they, these are the sort of brands we're interested in because of course we don't cover a lot of very very modern shreddy guitars and there are a lot of great companies out there doing that sort of thing but the other side of thing from boutique companies it does feel like everyone is doing a sort of 50s, 60s inspired guitar with some modern tweaks to make them comfortable and playable. And you've managed to do this and make the guitars very unique. Like, I I feel like you've lent far less on existing body shapes than a lot of other brands. Um, Yeah, potentially. I think you're right, there's a lot of it out there. At the same time, there's a lot of great stuff out there, so I'm not going to sort of... um cry about there being so much competition i love those guitars <laughs> as much as as anyone else but um yeah so the the stella rossa is probably the the most directly inspired by uh a, a previous model so that's based on the stella japonica which was a 60s um like japanese catalog guitar um and that came from mark ransley at, at mojo pickups who, who winds all our pickups um he he commissioned the first one so he said can you make me one of these and if you if you look at a picture of the original Stella Japonica it looks like it's, it's a Friday afternoon job someone's been given a rectangular bit of wood and a bandsaw and gone and kind of make a telecaster <laughs> yeah yeah right, I'm going home and um and so it's almost that. a square isn't it it's, it's a yeah, slightly it's, squeezed <laughs> rectangle that's uh that's kind of the shape yeah it's weird because like the horns the horns are as wide as the the hips on it or the waist on it and um yeah so it's it's very rectangular so I kind of took that and said right, can I fiddle around with it a little bit and, and made it a little bit more symmetrical and a little bit sort of more easy on the eye but um it- but it's very it's still very directly based on on that shape um but the other the other two main shapes in the catalog so the the double standard the first one came up with um that was really just from measuring up all my favorite guitars so telecasters and sgs um stuff like that and sort of drawing boxes and going okay well guitars are supposed to be roughly this shape um and then starting to fiddle around drawing curves inside that until something resolves and you go yeah i quite like that um and then trying to turn it into an actual physical thing so that that was literally where that that came from um and, and that's then the kind other of I, I guess that's that's 
sort of an offset double cut, sort of. Yeah, uh, it's, it's very slightly offset the waist, but um, it's it's nearly symmetrical, but not not quite. Um, and then it's got a sort of the horn on the the base side is much higher than the than on the treble side, and it's had a a few tweaks over the years. So now it's got um sort of a small German carve on the top and a forearm chamfer and a belly cut. So it's taken in some sort of strat comfort um sort of carves into it as well to make it a little less slabby because it was very sort of telecastery originally right um so that was that one and then the jb was um so jb is uh, john barlow so he's my um my brother-in-law um and my, my sister commissioned a guitar for him for for his birthday for his 40th um and he's a big um like rockabilly fan and fan of gretsch's and he, he sketched out his like ideal guitar on a on the back of a napkin or whatever and um <laughs> so she managed to steal that and, and get it over to me and and make something that looked like that and then that was the first one of those and that's turned into a full model so really apart from the, the double standard it's been people going oh can you, can you make this and then going yeah i can make that and then think, oh that's a really good idea i'm gonna i'm gonna pinch that <laughs> and, <laughs> and turn it to a proper model so. and they've they've all kind of, they've all got their own unique feel with it like i guess coming coming back to the stella rosa that that was, came from this mojo pickups thing and and you know you can tell that this instrument was was originally commissioned by someone into pickups because there's there's probably more metal on it than there is wood <laughs> yeah i mean part of that comes from um the original japonica so that, that 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 original guitar that the shape was based on also had this this stupid oversized um like pickup surrounds like cosmetic pickup surrounds that were almost right. as wide as the guitar <laughs> so it's scaled got... them down for, right. for our one but <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's three huge mojo what, what were the pickups called yeah they're um they're charlie christians but they're in a p90 housing so they've got right. a big blade um magnet but they're super low output the the, the resistance on them's well so they're not low output they're low resistance so they're about only about two or three k right um but wound with a really thick wire and they're they're some of the loudest things i've I've ever heard but they're so so detailed um there's just you can't even if you like load on loads again on them they still retain a lot of the clarity and a lot of the sort of note to note and string to string definition um and they're kind of my my benchmark now i used to really so yeah i'd have, I'd have chosen a gold foil like nine times out of ten but since hearing those like i can't i struggle to find anything that, that to my ear sounds better but then that's such a, a subjective of course thing, it is yeah so. that that tends to be what you go for in the other guitars in the jb and in the double standard, um, gold foils, to, yeah, sort of the the pickup. I guess I associate fidelity yeah. with, and and that's partly influenced by Mark uh, Mojo. So his forte is um, not necessarily his forte, but the, sort of the, the the core of his range is, is gold foils and, and filtertron style stuff. So Mojo trons, um, and I've kind of followed that because I I really like those as well so when it's if it's a humbucker i prefer sort of a, a filstron style humbucker and for single coils there's something about gold foil that um that you can't really get that sound with with other pickups yeah and and the and i guess the um the german carve is is kind of the uh the other thing that features quite heavily on the other two guitars and not so much on the stellarosa on the stellarosa it's just bound yeah right there's, yeah, not, I, there's I, not a german I, carve that i'm forgotten about on the stellarosa is there no, no, I, there is, um, there is going to be on the 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 light stuff. But I guess we'll come back around to that. But um, oh, but yes, yeah, we will. so the the Stellarosa is sort of the the premium model, and um, and so that's bound on the top. We've done a double bound one for for Beatronics as well, um, 
but that's like originally when I was sort of coming up with concepts for the guitars that sort of three or four years ago after having done the prototypes like I'm not doing binding because binding's a real pain in the ass um <laughs> <laughs> standard and then so sort of that that model came around and Mark's like can you, can you bind it and then it was it looked really good so like, okay so that one's going to be bound but the other ones the German carve helps to add a bit of shape and and texture to it without the 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 fiddliness of of having to do binding on it yeah, yeah, absolutely. Which I, I'm not, not ashamed of that. So they're built to a price. So yeah. it's not necessarily the <laughs> the case that everything has to be the most amazing thing ever. Like if it was um if it was a ten grand guitar, fair enough. But um, well, that's that is kind of one of the other things about um about your brand about fidelity is that you've managed to keep the the prices incredibly low for a for a boutique custom shop. Um, yeah, I mean, all things being relative, I mean, two, two, two and a half grand is still a good chunk of money. But, um, but for the, in the you're right in the context of sort of being made by one person and a few and a few helpers in a in a little shop, um, in Europe is they're they're as cheap as I can sort of get away with and still pay the rent. But that that comes down to sort of my perspective on it. It's, it's just I wouldn't pay more than that for a guitar probably unless it was something some unreal kind of vintage rarity i think for a new guitar i'd, I'd struggle to sort of rationalize spending more than two two or three grand on a guitar no matter how good it was because at the end of the day they're just if it's a wood and metal and plastic and glue and, and the important things how they sort of make you feel to me and, and the songs that come out of them rather than any sort of prestige that, that yeah. hangs around it so i try and strip that back and Still, there's still a lot of like premium stuff going on in there, particularly on sort of the custom hardware and, and that, but um, but less so in terms of any sort of flamey, burly <laughs> kind of stuff. Well, like yes, super, yeah, you don't really go down the flamey burly. Yeah, yeah, you don't really go no, down the flamey burly side of things. But um, there's uh, nothing wrong with that though. It's like that each to their own. Like, that. and it's to be honest, a part of it is that it's much easier to stick a load of paint over it and and hide any imperfections in the wood um, sure, yeah. than it is to do a natural like a fair play to anyone who does um like completely woody guitars um and just puts it on a show because you put up a lot of work into that to make sure that your wood works flawless otherwise yeah. it's, it's really obvious so yeah yeah absolutely and and also all of your stuff is relicked as well to uh do you do you tear your relicking on custom shops do you do you like uh give people levels like a fender custom shop does from closet classic to heavy yeah i'd kind of i'd kind of use like guidelines and, and use sort of previous builds as a reference point um but part of it is down to there's sort of a few factors behind it one of them is that i just like relic guitars the other the other thing is that if i'm coming at it from the perspective of this is a tool to write songs on then for me you shouldn't be afraid of um sort of using and abusing that tool and putting a, a dent in it so i'd rather put a lot of dents in it first <laughs> and, <laughs> and take that out of the equation so you can just get on with sort of playing it um and the other part again comes down to the fact it's is i'm in a um small industrial unit um with some with a couple of other very messy um drum builders uh and it's not easy to do like a a completely flawless finish so in order to build them and, and the, the thing that main thing that goes into sort of a flawless guitar is time as much as right. anything and a very very clean environment um neither of which really have when you're building to sort of a two two grand price point so yeah. by doing 
the relicking it allows me some room to sort of work around any sort of minor flaws but that's okay i'm open about that and and when you see the, the sort of finished product it, it's neither here nor there yeah yeah exactly i completely agree now you mentioned you mentioned of course the premium one of the premium aspects being um hardware hmm. but but i kind of feel like uh you, you, there's such attention to detail with fidelity and it doesn't just come down to the to the hardware and I want obviously we've spoken about you using mojo pickups but you're very specific about everything that comes with your guitars so um so you you mill your own bridges yeah yeah I get a local I get local companies to do it or a couple of local sort of um fabricators so it's all our own designs uh, and then I pass those over to people who have much better um, CNC <laughs> machines than than I do I've tried right. to cut the metal in in, in house and it, it it doesn't end well um, so give it to the guys you know what they're doing but like a local um like custom motorbike manufacturers and guys who are sort of used to cutting billet aluminium and billet brass and and they'll do it for us they try and keep as much of it sort of uh, as much of it i can local to cambridge and if i can't do that i keep trying to keep it local in the the uk and keep the money that goes into the guitars um sort of distributed out amongst local manufacturers as well where I can but yeah it was it was really down to just the fact of this isn't like ragging on anyone but it's there's so many great guitars out there particularly in the style that we were talking about before sort of influenced by the catalog stuff um but then with a just a off the shelf like gotto like cinematic chucked on it or stuff like that it's fine and and it's fine particularly if you're building to a price point but it doesn't really when i think of like fender fender has all fender hardware on it or gibson has gibson hardware on it like if you want to like you want to make out that you're a a, a proper brand then why doesn't your guitar have all of your hardware on it as well so that's that's not not me being sniffy about it. It was just that no, was my no. vision for it. To say that it's, these are going to be fidelity guitars with fidelity hardware on them, and then how can I do that? Um, and coming up with those designs, and then and then working out a way to to get them made. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But then you, um, uh, what, what do you use for your um, for your vibrato systems? Yeah, so the 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 ones on the Stellarossa are a Fender um, USA trim, but just dismantled and then rehoused in a new top plate. Oh, that's um, really cool. And yeah, it's just to get a, a different look on it um, and sort of to fit it in with the shape of the guitar. That that original sort of Jazzmaster Jaguar offset trim shape look that's cool on those guitars but doesn't necessarily suit sort of every shape so i wanted to kind of make it fit take the mechanism but make it fit with the the stellarossa shape a bit more um but then with a roller bar on it as well so i've I've kind of engineered the that top plate so that you can set it so the strings are traveling very low over the top of it as well um so there's a few bits of engineering there as well as the, the shape of it um but then for the other ones been using mastery stuff which is which is brilliant and um has a really great feel to it um again with a sort of making a roller bar in-house for that and i've just got the first descendant um trim from um from swipe guitars in which is going on the build oh, really? this oh, weekend wow, cool. yeah which I'm really looking forward to. It's it's a an, an amazing bit of kit. It's so well put together. So I can't wait to to see how it plays. And all that all that stuff's tarnished, like a tarnished finish, which perfectly suits fidelity as well. Yeah, I felt really bad with that descendant today. I, I was literally 
sort of having at it and um <laughs> and like getting the chemicals out and um yeah. wrecking it and it was uh, <laughs> and I mean, it wasn't i wasn't feeling too clever while i was doing it i think i managed to the, the thing with trems especially like everything else you can kind of um you can scratch up and and sand and put chemicals on stuff it doesn't really matter you don't do that with a trem you can quite easily ruin it um and the same with pickups you have to kind of be a little bit careful around stuff like that but i got it looking good but yeah it didn't i didn't feel particularly good doing it. <laughs> yeah yeah i bet i bet and and the other things that you ship stuff with um the straps uh are very cool you I, I love that you ship with accessories i think that's a really cool thing you feel like you're receiving a complete package like a complete aesthetic thing as well as you know uh as, as well as just the the playing guitar um, yeah, I, I think it was you, you, that's totally it. it was just about making it the whole experience of receiving the guitar and, and opening it um particularly if you've sort of commissioned it and you've been waiting a while for it to make it's not just the guitar turns up in a case and and that's it it's like the whole buying into the the, the brand and, and everything that goes around it so the the straps are a heister camp they're made down in cornwall i think by a, a family down there um, are they oh, i always assumed they were german no, the guy's name's Elaine, and I'm not sure where they're originally from. Um, but uh, but yeah, they're, they're they're very much sort of based in the UK. Um, and then obviously he's got the Mojo pickups, um, and we try yeah, and the cases. So we 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 did for a little while start making sort of wooden cases in the shop. We've knocked that on the head for the minute just because um, trying to make them a bit stronger. It turns out making cases is quite hard. Um, so, <laughs> yes, when but, when I I borrowed one of the the Stellarosa Juniors from you, the single pickup version of that, and I think that came in in that case. That that yeah. case was a, a like a fantastic idea. Um, and I know you were obviously trialing it at the time, but it was such a, a, a completely unique look as well. Yeah, so it was um, it was laminated wood. So the the drum manufacturers that I'm a workshop with, their their forte is making um, laminates. So we made we basically made a guitar case in the way that you would make a drum shell. Um, which is which we, it worked. It, it looked really really good and stained it. And it, the idea was. I, I want it to look like an old Italian, like antique gun case. So, like, and it was great because the top was completely removable as well, rather than it hinging open. Yeah, so it was almost like a presentation box, oh, yeah. as much as it, it was, was a fantastic. case. And well, a little, a little. Did you have a little brass fidelity yeah. sort of thing hammered onto it? Oh, yeah, yeah, made that. Made that. It was a brass engraved plate with the serial number and stuff. Such on it. a great touch. It's just it, it, those are the things that just make me like love not necessarily just guitars love brands when you get little things like that like that's i'm, I'm all about that as, as much as it has to be a good core product anything like that as well i'm i'm really into so i try and do as much of that as i can but yeah those those cases will come back we're just um we're just working out how to re-engineer them so that they're a bit stronger um, sure so in the meantime um we're, we're using hiscox who we were using before which is another another uk brand um and they make great stuff yeah um, famously the you know the the little leaflet you get inside of hiscox has an entire family standing on one of the uh, <laughs> one of the cases yeah i don't know yeah. if they do that like on every case before it leaves the factory but who knows i mean at, at um at gack when all the guitar nerds hosts used to work there it was uh it, i can't remember i think it was jay that made us all do it 
um, but it was the it was the selling pitch for his cocks. Actually, you got one out for a customer. You get it out, and you get out another brand as well because they want to look at cases. And his cocks would always be a little bit more. And then you'd put it on the ground and you'd jump on it as hard as you possibly could and make it really violent because you can't break those cases. A lot can happen in the next three years, like a chatbot, maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up Quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's Quince.com slash upgrade. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. No, I think the rate is up to like half a ton or something like exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what happened to the like the the other cases? <laughs> <laughs> we wouldn't do it on those. We oh, wouldn't right, demonstrate. Okay. We'd we'd point. We'd just say that we can't do it on those because you know this. this it would definitely break. This stuff, yeah, and that was normally enough to be honest. Because, I mean, you know, to to be honest. If you if you want to if you're going to fly something, which is the only time something's going to get damaged, you should be paying a lot more than you're paying for a Hiscox case anyway. And whilst mm. you know, I don't, I, you know, I've had Hiscox cases break on on flights. You know, if 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 they're being run over or really thrown from a distance, but you know, short of you know, it's a ninety pound case. You know, if if you spend two hundred pounds on a flight case, it'll it will survive those things, but at ninety pounds, I think they do an, an incredibly good job of not breaking. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah, they are. They are wicked. Now, um, I, 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 you know, we we touched on it briefly, but I, I want to talk about your new series because you've you've got we've t- spoken about the shapes. Um, we haven't spoken about the bases yet, but we'll, we'll get to that. We we've spoken about the shapes, but you've introduced all of those guitar shapes into a new series. Well, I've already mentioned that, you know, the range is affordable in comparison to other similar um, custom shops at this sort of level. But you've introduced an affordable, (laughs) like, accessible level, like, you know, super accessible level uh, range, which just seems like madness to do when there's only one of you. (laughs) We'll see how it pans out in a few weeks' time. I might have um, (laughs) burnt out by then. But, um, yeah, it was always... From day one, it was always the idea. So, the, like, um, thinking back on it, sort of having conversations with my girlfriend Rachel about it at the time, coming up with the concept for what the the brand was going to be. It was going to be right. I want to make UK made custom shop guitars under a 
grand and then i started sort of refining the designs and and the hardware and everything like that it's like i can't do it i can't i'd have to really compromise on on that vision to to do that particularly and the main a big part of that being the the fact that they're all semi-hollow guitars so there's a lot of extra time and a lot of extra, extra wood goes into it and doing that uh and so i kind of revisited that when the coronavirus um crisis hit um and all musicians got made unemployed overnight and all guitar <laughs> yeah. shops had to close their doors and i was like okay this is going to be tough for a lot of people um but i still want to try and get these guitars into people's hands and, and there's a lot of creativity out there and I want people to, be able to create on them through this so how can I try and get those guitars out there and the idea was to go back to that that original vision and say right okay cut cut out the semi-hollow thing which goes solid body cut out the the custom hardware that that's made locally and just get stuff off the off the shelf um keep the the mojo pickups um and keep the fact that it's still sort of handmade it's particularly the amount of time that goes into to doing the neck and get keeping the necks identical to the rest of the range um and what what kind of price could i get that to so it's, it's come out about 900 quid including vat and, and a gig bag and shipping and and, and whatnot um which is with amazing a few options and there are yeah there are options that will that, that can push the price up a little bit on there but uh yeah, and so you can you can upgrade the the, the standard pickups going to be a, a fat Mustang or so basically a Mustang but wound in a way to make it a bit more bit more chunky sounding. And you um, can have that you can have that neck, middle, or bridge. Yeah, so it's um, it's done with a swimming pool sort of route under the scratch plate, but that means that you can put it wherever you want. So and then in future, if you want to change it, I'll just bash out a, another scratch plate for you, and you can move it into a different position. Um, so that's that's kind of a nice side effect of that as well. But yeah, so the standard one's the Mustang, and there's a couple of options for Mark's more premium kind of gold foil or or Mojotron, the Filtertron style humbuckers, or or off the record. I can't we do off the record on the podcast? Never mind. Um, <laughs> whatever you want, basically, if you ask for it. Um, and he's also just come up with a new budget version um of a pickup which will be like the charlie christian um oh really oh that's yeah. very cool that's yeah, which, very cool indeed so that that'd be really cool it's kind of it's got a very it's stripped back look in terms of sort of the housing for it but um but if it sounds as good as that then then happy days and and that should hopefully we'll see where it comes in don't, don't hold me to it but it'll probably come in as a no cost option if you want <sighs> that so that that'd be cool so i'm waiting for the first one of those to come through I mean, I'm, I just think it's awesome. Like you know, I've I've yeah, over the last couple of months got very very into Gibson Melody Makers. So yeah. you know, just the idea of having like just a single Mustang style pickup in a bridge position is is very appealing and yeah. very cool. A very cool I, setup. I think it makes you play in a different way. Like I'm I've always been a bells and whistles guy, and I, like my guitar inspirations, sort of Radiohead would be the root of that, and I love being able to fiddle around with different sounds and toys and stuff like that but then you play a guitar with one pickup and suddenly you you play in a a very different way to how you would normally and for me i play i play a lot better not necessarily better technically but a lot more cleanly and a, and a lot more simply um and, a, and that's a really good thing in my mind well co- covering that actually coming back to that on on your original lineup because that is one of the things about fidelity guitars that i've certainly noticed is there are there are a lot of tonal options on a on a fidelity and i'm i'm kind of a one pickup one you know volume control guy but you you 
you you know you make sure you can get every single sound out of your pickup configurations yeah i don't always had in mind that they'd be like studio tools um and that they would have not exclusively but that that was okay i wanted to have as much on on tap as possible and at the same time i want it to be accessible and so the the idea with um sort of the fidelity name almost coming from i want it to be as high fidelity as possible as the default setting so that's where the choice of pickups come from but also the the value of the pots the the no load tone controls are standard so you've got a bypass on the tone control when it's fully open so you just get as much sort of top and clarity and stuff like that as possible and then there's that's your default position to then dial it back from because if you try and do it the other way like if you've played a, a not great Les Paul and tried to make it sound bright and lively you, you can't mm. do it whereas if you've got a, a bright and lively guitar already you kind of dial it back from there that so is that's, that's absolutely the case I've, I've always thought that and it's actually something that Mark always always says about uh, about maple maple necks it's mm. you know better to have something very bright and be able to dial back from it than trying to artificially create that I learned that this week actually trying to play an SG bass on a record that I'm recording and trying to make it sound like anything other than mud but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, sorry, I'm interrupting. No, not at all. No, that's it's entirely. And it's the thing is, it's horses for courses as well. So those sounds can be great in the right context. And it's particularly, I, th- I think, if you've got a slightly muddy guitar and you gain it, then you can it can sound brilliant. But from my perspective, it was more about make it go the other way, make it as as bright and lively as possible, and then you can dial it back. And then in terms of the the options that you were talking about, like give everyone as many options as possible, and then you can get everything out of it until you wind it back and just focus it on the one thing you want it to do but um but then trying to make it accessible as well so with the the Stella Rossa that's got originally it had seven different pickup selections and it. it's now got 11 different <laughs> options right, so okay. kind of gone down the rabbit hole but at the yeah. same time those are split across two circuits um and there's an AB toggle switch so you can basically set if you're playing it live you can set your two favorite sounds and then you go bish bash swap between the two just just quickly flip between sound a and b um and yeah. so it becomes a, a a live tool as well and that that's kind of that's if that that would be sort of the core of my ethos when it comes to wiring and, and the way the guitars work is have everything available but then make it a simple split to get between at least two of the sounds so you can use it in a, in a live context yeah and because ultimately that's what everyone's going to have you know really mm. those, those two those two main sounds to switch between yeah very cool and that's something that's not on on the light series it's actually it is just a single volume right single pickup one volume no tone one volume one one tone as well oh, there so is a I've tone kind of, oh, yeah right. so i kind of disguised it as um, i wanted to do like a visual reference back to um the, the the core range so what looks like it would be a rotary selector on the horn is actually the tone control in disguise so on the on the Very metal good. plate you've got the master volume and the output jack and then on the horn you've got the the master no oh, tone control that. that's actually great having your tone control up there out of the way i like it so yeah, you're saying you don't need to you're not normally fiddling around with it you're not doing sort of tone swells or anything like that so it doesn't really matter if it's a little bit of a reach <laughs> yeah no exactly oh i think that's really cool that's a that's a great um location for it um so in the in the light range you've included all of your guitars as well yeah yeah it was a it was a fun weekend on the cad software <laughs> <laughs> doing nine different variations of every body shape and yeah it was but it's it, I, I, people started asking about, I did the Stella Rossa kind of mock up first and then started to make that into a prototype and everyone was 
into it but i got a lot of messages saying can you do a double standard like can you do a jb like there's not really any reason that i can't it's, it's, so it's the same platform with a with a different outline same scale length same neck it's just the the shape of the guitar that's different depending on on what people prefer so you've so that's that's one thing i guess that's changed for the jb because the jb was a gibson scale length mm. right yeah, and so and that's the, um, that's now the, not on the light no, it's not, and and the double standard was a Fender scale length, um, and that's not. So they're all twenty five inch now, which is right. the same as the Stella Rossa, which is PRS scale length. I see. Um, which I prefer. I, I think just from a personal perspective, I think it's a it's a good balance. And for some reason, the strings seem to ring in a in a really nice way. It sounds a bit hippie-ish but <laughs> like it's um it's just it seems to be really comfortable, and it seems to it seems to improve the sound ever so slightly so oh, I'm, I'm happy with that so yeah and it, it kind of straddles that if you're a gibson player it won't feel unfamiliar because it's only a quarter inch change of scale length if you're a fender player it will sound it'll feel a little bit looser but not massively so yeah yeah definitely that's i'd, I'd rather it go that way than than the other way um mm. and and um and uh, what are you doing with profiles on the necks on the light then are they are they all the same or are you, are you keeping options on there Still a, a standard, um, just all the same. So it'd be sort of a, a medium to to chunky C, because they're kind of a vintage C. I would say that they, they're kind of like they're, they're very slightly asymmetrical because of the way that the heel is shaped and the way the headstock's shaped. Uh-huh. Um, but it's, it's basically a, 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 a slightly chunky C. But um, again, if people ask nicely, then they're, they're carved one at a time. There's no reason that you can't read that you I can't cut them differently depending on what people want so still that custom shop side to it i'm not going to start being restrictive on stuff yeah just for um, the sake of it obviously i have to in certain areas because it if it goes too custom then it massively increases sort of the if not the hardware cost and the time cost and that's not viable but for things like neck profile it's, it's fine absolutely and i guess and of course you wouldn't be a um you wouldn't be a a, a classic come modern boutique guitar designer if you didn't do everything in baked maple and is that that's <laughs> that's something that's not going to be on the light series is that uh one? it's it's an option oh um, it's an option so it's, oh, right. yes yeah, so it's a it's a 50 quid option so you can have a flame um like a, an aa grade so mid-grade flame roasted flame maple neck on it for with a with a rosewood board for an extra 50 pounds which wow. is not yeah which is which is as cheap as i can do it but yeah um, i mean but, that's yeah. that's that's hardly a price increase for having that and then what the other options it is just going to be sort of an ordinary like a like a pale maple sort of thing like yeah a, so standard was maple on maple on maple um which to me it's it, it, like the feel of it's really nice and it, and, it, and it sounds good it's just um it is what it is it's, it's cheap so it, it allows me to get the the guitar to come in at the price that it is but um but yeah, in changing the woods is is not uh, it, it, the only cost increase. There is the actual cost of the the more expensive wood, which is what I try to keep it down to in terms of the the option costs. Yeah, yeah, cool. And then, um, I guess I want to talk about the bases as well. But I kind I kind of want to talk about sort of whilst we're on the on on the thing about necks, um, you've you you make these very sort of vintage inspired guitars, but. But, but the necks are quite modern. Like you go for satin feel necks, or you know things like baked maple, or their uh, their wenge, or however that word's pronounced. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah no, I'm, I'm sticking with wenge. I'll yeah, go with that. Cool. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it, 
it was kind of the, the idea was that they look like those catalog guitars that I really love. So the old K's and Tesco. Oh, there's a word that we can argue about. Tiesco? Tesco. I always yeah. say Tesco, but I think, I, I'm I think you're wrong. probably right. Um, so those guitars, anyway, I love the look of those, but then you pick them up and they're, they're absolute dogs. You have to fight them like all day long, which which has its own charm, but it's not necessarily something you want to play like all the time. Sure. Um, so that that was the idea, that it would look like that. But then when you played it, it, it felt like a, a modern what like well made guitar, yeah. So because you did you you even like avoided glossing any necks or anything. They're all they're all like set in fill across the board or or like a, you know that in the case of the Wayne Gay that sort of I've never I never know what to call this. I always end up calling it hand rubbed, which which Jay, <laughs> Jay loves. But it's that. <laughs> I yeah, can see that, why. That's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's sort of oil feel. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's oil. So um, originally it was about 10 coats of gunstock oil. Um, and then last year sometime, um, another local luthier, um, Jamie Swannell, who makes amazing acoustic guitars. Um, he's, he's a proper trained luthier, unlike me. Um, so he's been giving me a few tips. But um, he recommended um, something called Rubio Monocoat, which is just literally one one coat of oil. Um, and you leave it overnight and that's it, done. Um, and it feels feels amazing, like feels better than the, the gunstock oil to my mind. So everything's switched over to that next now. So the next literally have just one coat of oil on them, regardless of what they're made of. Um, and it feels really nice. It feels like a, a sort of played in vintage guitar. Oh, really? Oh, cool. That's that's very cool. Um, and I, I do. I, I've got to talk about the bases at risk of at risk of, of losing our audience. <laughs> I because um, base wise, you've gone for a single a single shape, which is the JB style shape, but it's a larger body. Um, and then you've offered both of the, the most common scale lengths. Yeah. So, um, so was... rather than kind of with the guitars, I guess you did a, and a body shape for each scale length. Yeah. So, it, and that sort of was born out again of, of what people asked for. So the original prototype for that was a, was a long scale. My, I'm, I've always been more of a bassist than I'm a, a guitarist. Whenever I was in, bands i was the i was the bassist mainly um and what i played was a, a an old rickenbacker 4001 v63 which is like the stripped back version of the 4001 with the dot yeah neck. no yeah no binding yeah. dots yeah lovely. that's the one um with a and the neck pick the one i had the neck pickup didn't work um and the bridge pickup had been swapped out for a, a high gain um but i loved it it was amazing um it, it always sounded great so it was, that was kind of the the starting point so the original original prototype was that scale length so 33 and a quarter i think is right um yeah. ricking back a scale length um and then with we got mark to wind a, a pickup in a gold foil casing but basically it's 4001 pickup in there um but then straight away people started saying oh could you, could you do a short scale one of this could you do a short scale one of this so and i think we've made more of those last year than any other model that and the Stadarossa. really um, wow yeah. but the, the short scale one works because f- for me the for me the body shape suits more of a short scale i always find when i'm playing things that are 33 34 inch scale i want the uh, this is incredibly pedantic but because i wear the bases so high this becomes important to me mm. um it the upper horn, the 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 strap button, needs to be over the twelfth fret so that I'm not reaching a mile away 
to yeah. to get to my low end and and because the horns are so small and like the jb body shape i was like oh this is fine if you're wearing it down low but and and i prefer a short scale every day of the week like the that that sort of jb body shape in a short scale was like oh this is great this fits you know the same way as uh as like a, a dan electro or an sg or you know a hofner or anything like that and and i also i kind of think that it's stylistically fidelity are way more in line with that than they are the sort of the i guess the if you, do, you talk about a, a long scale we're talking about fender style stuff you know. mm. yeah and part of it is the the bridge positioning as well so i think a lot of those those oldest ones that you've referenced there the bridge is a bit more further into the body than you'd see on a modern bass right so i think a lot of the time on a modern bass or even on a, a p bass the bridge is right down at the sort yeah. of the, the, the end strap pin and what i wanted to do was put them from the, an aesthetic perspective have the bridge a bit more central but the problem then is that you move the whole scale of the guitar and the neck further out and so on the long scale length when you reach for the the first fret for the nut end of it then it's a long long way away so i, th- I think the 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 comment comments we've had back from the short scale one is that it feels like a a longer bass but in a in a still in a comfortable package whereas the long one is is very long because of yeah. where the the bridge is positioned on it yeah, I certainly felt when when I borrowed the short scale one, I was like, man, this absolutely fits perfectly. And and you know, you're you're right, and I think of a Rickenbacker as being quite a long bass, and I think the the long scale version feels like that to me. I can totally see that sort of Rickenbacker, and it very much those pickups were so Rickenbacker-y, uh, you know, as well. It was very much like an alternative to that. But um, you know, yeah. I I felt like with the short scale one, I was like, this is everything i love about those old catalog guitars and and you know yes i know this is exactly what you go for on your guitars but i think you know i i love guitars as someone who sits around and plays guitars in my bedroom but i think of basses as much more of an actual practical application because i actually play them live so when i'm thinking about a bass i'm thinking about how this is going to work in weird tunings how this is going to travel to gigs uh, you know how the tuning's going to hold up. How I'm going to be able to throw it around live. There's more practical thought rather than just having something. You know, I, I play an ES175 guitar. There's no way in the world I would buy that if if I actually had to take an instrument anywhere. <laughs> but with the yeah. with the bass with the short scale version of the JB, I was like, yes, this is this is absolutely something that that works. And the 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 other pickup uh, option that you added for the short scale as well was fantastic. The other um, series thing. Yeah. Like the yeah, so um so that came from uh, an old Dan Electro guitar that I picked up for like 60 quid on eBay and it was someone had covered it in like Essex wallpaper, like f- like spangly floral <laughs> wallpaper. It was so ho- good. It was horrific. But, um, so that was that was like the first ever guitar that I. Pro- well, no, I, I, that's not true. It's one of the first guitars that I'd done a proper sort of modern refinished job on before I, I started um, Fidelis guitars. But took all that wallpaper off and and sort of redid it with paints from Hobbycraft or whatever. But the the <laughs> only pickup position that ever worked on the six way selector on that was series. Um, so one pickup running into the back of the other and effectively creating a big humbucker. Yeah, um, it just added amazing. Um, and uh, so I've never fixed that guitar. And, and every guitar that has, almost every guitar that I've made as Fidelity guitars has had a, a series mode in there somewhere because it's just my favourite sound. It, you yeah. kind of get you get a gain boost, but you also it's a bit thicker and darker. And depending on the pickup mix, you can get some really interesting sounds out of it. So on the bass, 
Um, I've put a toggle switch on there that regardless of what pickup selection position you're in on the, the main rotary, if you hit that toggle switch, it goes straight into the series mode. So from wherever you are, you can jump straight to your, your loudest settings. So it's kind of your verse chorus switch, like or your solo switch, I suppose. Um, yeah. If you're going for a bass solo. Um, <laughs> <laughs> As you yeah, often do, I'm sure. Yeah, so absolutely, <laughs> who wouldn't? <laughs> yeah. um, but because it, but still, and, and even on the bass, it's still my favourite sound. You get depending on how far apart the pickups are, you start to get a slightly chorusy thing going on as well, which is which is fine. I know that it's, it, you're you're right. It's a really funny one with bass. It's not like the guitar hasn't evolved in the same way that the bass has over the last sort of twenty thirty years. Like the the modern style bass is still very different to. The, the guitars that major manufacturers of six-string electric is still pretty much rooted in the 60s, sort of, whereas yeah. the majority of modern bass guitars are, are not unrecognisable from that, but a long way from it. Um, so it's, uh, it's trying to yeah trying to find a few of those things that make it still a, a usable tool, but very much still rooted in where the guitar came from originally. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well... That, I mean, that pretty much brings us up to time on this week's episode of the Friday Special. Um, but it has been absolutely wonderful to, to have you on, Matt. Thanks for, you know, thanks for coming on, taking the time to chat to me yeah. and everything. My pleasure. Thanks for, thanks for having me on. Oh, yeah, not, not at all. Uh, you, can, you can check out uh, Fidelity Guitars Listener if you, know, if you haven't heard me rattle on about them enough at fidelity-guitars.co.uk um, where you can check out all the models and place an order, you know, if, if you know you can place an order for a custom built place light order. model <laughs> for less than a thousand pounds which is which is absolutely absolutely outrageous um but you can of course catch more guitar nerds over on patreon or patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds or you can join us on any of the major social platforms with at guitar nerds and we'll be back next week with our regular episode on wednesday and another friday special on friday farewell Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. 
Code PROGRAM.